sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk. On your Monday evening, it's the 14th of August. And wow, what a weekend of sport we have just witnessed. Um, a weekend of national pride, Sam. Good uh, to see you in the studio. Liam, Jerry, good to see you. Yeah, yep. where we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it was one of those where were you moments. Um, so we're just going to go through that off the top because it was a, a momentous effort from the Matildas. Um, the whole world was watching and the whole of Australia, sports fans and not even sports fans. This was just one of those turning points where um, people, <laughs> it's just, it was everywhere. Um, so I can't wait to go through that. We'll start off with you, Jerry. You've got the scarf on. Where were you during the Matildas game? I was at the Mail Exchange Hotel right after the North game watching it. So, yep. Yeah. Well, nice. you needed a bit of a pick-me-up after well, that. I only saw 90 minutes. I missed out on the penalty shootout. What? Because I had work at 7 o'clock, so... Oh, no, so you didn't see that. I heard about it, Joe. Wow, wow. All right, Liam, how about you? I was lucky enough to see it, though. I was just at home watching it with my brother just on the beanbag. Just (laughs) on the beanbag. No, that's good. I watched the footy on a beanbag. It's very good. Yes, very nice. Myself, uh, came home from filming a local game in Eltham. It was Eltham v Lower Plenty, if anyone's interested. Uh, Came home, we were having a bit of dinner. And then we had to put the Matildas on. 75th minute, I think, is when we jumped in. And then I called the entire family around it because it was just after mealtime to watch the penalty shootout. <laughs> Made my mum stop washing the dishes <laughs> to come into the room because we need to watch this significant moment in history. And we got the audio of the reaction. We're not going to play it because it's a bit it's, – it's interesting. Uh, we got to see the penalty shootout live as it happened, and it was ecstatic. Yeah, well, I, I was on the way to the footy, and um, it was – I was walking to the G uh, about 4.30 and it was absolutely raining and I thought, oh, no, this is not great. This is not great. So uh, me and a friend, we ended up going to Rod Laver Arena sitting in there and that was perfect. We watched on the big like basketball-style Megatron thing um, and wow, just wow. And the atmosphere was so good in there because the crowd was all around because the the screen was multi-directional, so it honestly it sounded like we were at the game with the live crowd around us as well. We want a public holiday, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. So Go if they win, come on, Victorian government. So, yeah, no, I was there and then made I made my way to the MCG after it, but it was crazy watching the videos online. that The, the amount of people that were at the MCG and were in the bars not watching the footy, mm-hmm. uh, I, I reckon the crowd didn't really fill up to about half-time. Um, because just everyone, the whole the whole world was watching it. So it was a massive, massive moment. Can't wait to delve into it later. You were at that game of the MCG, yes. Sam. Just the question I have is I feel like, well, the worst case scenario happened. The AFL and FIFA had a bit of a clash because yep. it went to penalty shootouts. But it, I think the timing from what I understand was almost impeccable because the quarter time siren went off and then you could hear a big crowd uh, roar across the MCG yeah. because that's when the final goal was scored. So my question to you is, Sam, was that happening in like the restaurant and bars area at the G or did they manage so, to get the penalty shootout no, on the big screen no, just no, in no. time? So it was just people either watching on their phones around the ground or people just in the bars watching the screen. So that's what um, it was and it still was able to radiate across. Oh, oh yeah. That's oh, incredible. Yeah. No, it, it, an amaz- amazing moment. So we'll talk about the Matildas later on in our next break because um, we've got a crazy big semi-final to preview, which I never it's thought. It's the Ashes reincarnate. Oh, uh, England. That's going to be massive. Uh, but we'll get to our top stories now and uh, a few more retirees, Jerry. Uh, yes. We'll start off with Nick Natanui. 
Yeah, so I was lucky enough to take a picture of Nick Nat, so shout out to him. Um, <laughs> 200, oh, sorry, 213 games for the Eagles, 112 goals, three times All-Australian. Um, oh, someone He's else. He's a bit choked oh, up, no. actually. Someone else is, He's choked up. Yeah, All-Australian, yes. 2012, 2021 as well, um, and two-time best and fairest winner. So, incredible career. He was one of the most talented people in. Yeah, he suffered two ACLs from... The left and right knee, so that's extremely lucky, in my opinion. No, I know, unlucky, it's unlucky, not extremely <laughs> lucky. <laughs> oh, pardon me. <laughs> um, yeah, in my opinion, I think he's probably the greatest ruckman of all time. You can get the chicken out if you want, but just on skill and talent, I think he's up, right up there. I think modern day-wise, uh, like for all of us growing up, he, he'd be the best out of it's and it's a shame. It's another one of those plays, and it's, it seems to be a fair amount of ruckmen that are very injury prone. Um, so I uh, know it's it's sad that he didn't even get to play at all this year. Well, he didn't even play that West Coast Premiership as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, sometimes I mean it, they're hard to do grand finals, and um, not everyone gets to play in them. But it doesn't take away from an amazing career that he's had he's he's been a massive for the game hero to the west and uh hero to the footy community and uh, hopefully a hall of famer one day that that's definitely on the cards i think in the f- near future he'll be yep. in the hall mm-hmm. of fame paddy mccartan yeah so he played 63 games um 35 goals for both st kilda and sydney um he announced his retirement today after suffering multiple concussion injuries over the years so it's a shame to see because his career was short-lived after being the number one draft pick We've seen Kilda selected in the 2014 draft, I believe. Yep. Yeah, he got to play with his brother last year and almost won a premiership. So, yeah, I've met him a couple times while he's at the Saints, at trainings. Lovely guy. So Got a selfie with him, Lim? Uh, yes, I do think so. <laughs> uh, I think he called me Big Fella. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, lovely guy. And unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, and over to tennis now. Alex Diminor, Jerry. Um didn't make it as far as he'd hoped. Oh, but, he had, uh, no, he did, though. He had a great week. So that was the final of the Masters 1000 Toronto tournament. So he takes 500 points into that. Um, moves into career high at world number 12 in the world ranking. So highest ever since Leighton Hewitt in the early 2000s. Okay, that is pretty good. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, he lost to Yannick Sinner, who's, um, you know, world number eight is cruising. So he won in straight set 6-4, 6-1. Demon just didn't have a power against Sinner, who's got an amazing forehand. But yeah, good for the US Open. Good for Demon. Um, and the Boomers will play some warm-up matches this week just before the FIBA World Cup because there's enough stuff going on at the moment, isn't there? Uh, so they will play a few games this week in Melbourne um, and one of the games that was meant to be on Wednesday has been pushed back to 5 o'clock, obviously, to accommodate the big semi-final against England. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. Well, I've got the 13-man squad for the warm-up. So just quickly, we've got Xavier Cooks, Dyson Daniels, Dante Exum, Josh Giddy, Chris Golding, Josh Green, Joe Ingles, Nick Kay, Jock Landau, who's injured at, at the moment, but he should be playing um, during the World Cup. Paddy Mills, uh, Duop Reef, Matisse Feibel, and Jack White. So a few bronze medalists from Tokyo. Um, so we've got a huge chance. Yep. And finally, Ange Postacoglu uh, kicked off his uh, coaching career at um, Tottenham last night. They played a 2-2 draw against Brentford in their first match of the season. We'll get into some of the Premier League later. Uh, but interesting. I, I think not a bad big outing for Tottenham for their first game, especially with no Harry Kane, which is going to be 
Interesting to watch throughout the uh, year, but it's going to be a massive show on the sports desk today. Can't wait to get into the Matildas. We're going to talk about all the FIFA Women's World Cup next, including a big semi-finals preview. Uh, and then we've got two rounds of the footy left. We're going to dissect what was another crazy round of footy um, and all that and more on the sports desk coming up on your Monday evening on Sin. Jungle Candle Flame on the sports desk, and you one off their brand new album, Volcano. I uh, love a bit of jungle. They're coming back here in May, so I've got tickets for that. That was one of the best, probably, concerts I've been to. So, very cool jungle. But it is time now to talk about the Women's World Cup. And Matildas is just fever around this country. Breaking records left, right and centre. It was an estimated 7 million people that it reached uh, across the country. Uh, breaking streaming records, Optus Sports, their third most streamed game uh, on their platform. 400,000 streamed by 7 plus. And then an active um, average viewership during the match of 5 million on Channel 7. So everyone was watching that game. Everyone. Uh, and that, I mean, that doesn't count all the people that were at sporting stadiums around the country watching and live sites and pubs. So definitely is, wow, one of the, probably the biggest, I think they said it was the biggest TV sporting moment since Kathy Freeman's run in 2000. That's, that's amazing, actually. Uh, what was the main point I wanted to get at there? It was more along the lines of... Uh, yeah, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> Botching moment yeah, there. No, it was uh, incredible. And I think even people that are not interested in sport were watching that. It was just one of those where were you moments. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just where laughing on Twitter. Uh, we've seen <laughs> Barnaby oh, Joyce. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this. But he filmed himself watching the game. But he was watching the Australia vs. Friendly that happened about five or six weeks ago. Not the correct game. So <laughs> there were even what people watching the wrong game. Oh, my God. Very silly. Um, but uh, just honestly, one of the most nerve-wracking penalty shootouts I've ever watched. <laughs> it broken the re- People may not notice. Mm. It broke the record for the longest penalty shootout in World Cup history, even men's and women's. Oh, that's okay. the longest. That's insane. It felt long. It, it, yeah, it was 24 when, minutes. Yeah. 24 minutes. And not only that, most penalty shootouts you normally see, okay, it's nil all, 5-4, four, 4-3, four, maybe a 6-5 if you're lucky. That, it was insane when it hit seven. They changed the goalkeepers as well. Uh, for France. Yeah, yeah that really? was one of those t- tactical moments that we thought was interesting just before. Uh, so it did end 7-6 for Australia. We'll play the final kick here with Courtney Vine because um, uh, it's just an incredible moment. Put it in the Sports Museum. That's exactly where it's going. Up in the big moment, and it's Courtney Vine for the Matildas. Can she do it? 21-year-old Courtney Vine at her first World Cup can write the Matildas into history. Cue the party! Wild scenes in Brisbane, the engine. It's Australia who are through to a semi-final against either England or Colombia. And we found out it was England, so definitely, wow. It was just, oh, it's got goosebumps still. Um, what a way to come of age, was too. insane. Uh, it's just... I don't know. And we said this on Monday. They came so far from thinking that they were going to fall out of the group stage um, 
and to do what they did against France. It's massive. That was the point where I lost my train of thought on. It was you got to consider the amount of adversity that the Matildas have overcome here because yep. they've always it's always been so close but not quite been able to even just simply qualify for a women's world cup. This is seizing the opportunity and running with it to the greatest you know, this is not necessarily reaching potential. This is overseeing the potential here. It's incredible. Uh, so, wow. And it was one of those games where it was just, yeah, there were no goals during the get-go, but it didn't didn't feel like that. It was played with such aggression and passion from the minute the first whistle kicked off um, and then right through to extra time. It was just... <laughs> and the no goal for France. That was almost an own yes. goal against Matilda. Let's break that down. A nudge, wasn't it? Mm. Kennedy accidentally headed the ball in the goals and uh, we all Tense. thought, oh, no. Uh, and, and during the penalty shootout, there was a moment, I thought, when um, when, when the goalkeeper t- for us, Mackenzie actually, Arnold. Mackenzie yeah. Arnold, um, had the shot herself. To win the game. To yeah. win the game. That was insane. And then with the, the second when she stepped off the line and they got her to retake the, the penalty, well, I, I thought... I yeah, yeah, I thought it was done then. Does she <laughs> normally take... Pens that early? I don't know. I, I guess they're just going because normally you don't get that far into penalties with the amount of people we went through. Mm. Um, so oh, it was just crazy. So we'll have a look at the quick a few of the other quarterfinals that happened over the weekend too. Spain defeated Netherlands in extra time two one. Sweden, of course, defeated Japan two one. And then England, who we will play, defeated Colombia two one. That happened on Saturday night as well. So it means. Uh, tomorrow night, it will be Spain and Sweden, 6 p.m. Uh, and then Australia will face England, of course, 8 p.m. on Wednesday. A few live sites have, uh, have been announced. So Amy Park has been one of them where you'll be able to watch on the big screen in there. Um, I'm sure that's going to be that's massive. That's where the sports desk are going on Wednesday, so might see you guys there. The match for third place will be 6 p.m. on Saturday. And then the massive World Cup final, 8 p.m. on Sunday night. So... It's just going to be a whirlwind kind of week um, and just a momentous momentous performance. I, I'm almost stuck in a daze at the minute. <laughs> it was just hard to process, hard to fathom. Um, I had a friend who um, plays footy with me and he had his uh, sports watch on that <laughs> had monitors his heart rate. And uh, so he... <laughs> Did it max out? It, it went high during the Carlton game and during the Socceroos oh, game, yeah. more than what... It was going during training that early that morning. That's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I thought he was about to, in a split second, I was thinking, oh, no, he took his watch out to the game and started watching the Matildas game during a pub footy game or something like that. Because I, I will admit, if there was pub footy on, I reckon you wouldn't rule that out because this is a big, big moment. So England um, England and Australia can't get any more massive than that in the semi-final. The furthest we've ever been in any World Cup of sport. This is This is big. This is big. It has to be one of Australia's biggest moments in sport. Um, and Wednesday is going to be where – how do we feel about England? Volvi <laughs> um, attacking is really good. Um, counter-attacking, they play similar ball to Australia, so could be issues for us, but I'm backing the Aussies. Yeah, surely we smash the pom. So um, <laughs> who is the top seed right now? Is it Sweden? Or England coming up? Oh, I'm pretty hard. sure Spain is second and then Sweden are fourth in the world rankings okay. and England's um, somewhere in that top 10 as well. So the top 10 like, is in the last four. So it's all high stakes, um, lots of good teams. So 
not too much in it, I reckon. Yeah, England controlled possession against Colombia, 61% to 39 So they love the ball in their hands. So, well, on their feet, as, yeah, you, their, as you would know. Yes, yeah, it's not AFL, <laughs> <laughs> <not> Liam. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be massive. I mean, I'm kind of... I'm kind of glad we've got a challenge like England. I think it's massive. The Lioness has had a massive Euros uh, coming off that. And, um, well, we did rightfully the same during our Asian Cup. Mm. So, um, wow. It's kind Two of, heavyweights. It's kind of poetic, Sam. After the Ashes this year, you know, it'd been so much controversy regarding that. Now we're at a semi final in one of the biggest stages that Australian sport has ever seen. Maybe if you can, if the Matildas can win the semi-final, you're surpassing Cathy Freeman and some of the all-time great Australian Olympic moments. Mm. Uh, the main thing is, is that this is this terrifying thought. How saddening would it be? No, no, the, do, no, don't, no, don't, no, don't, 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 but just imagine they start singing "It's Coming Home" at the expense of the Matildas. That's uh, heartbreaking. Oh, okay. But listen, let's, come let's, on, man. Let's no, listen. You got to need to think about it this way. We're all setting ourselves up for an incredible moment. I want this to happen. I'm backing the Matildas in. But there's that old coach line of "You do need to prepare for failure too." Because yeah, how is that a coach okay, I don't know where he's going. We're going to cut it's him off It's one of those Ross Lyon lines, I think. <laughs> oh, from no, the no, no, all right. The mic has turned off. He's mentioned Ross Lyon. All right. Um, no, it's going to be a massive game on uh, on Wednesday night, and it's going to be incredible. Uh, so I can't wait for it. Um, well, the whole world will be watching, and uh, Matilda's just rest and recover. No, no need to really push yourself training this week. Just mentally... Just be prepared um, and, well, the whole world. Australia is going to be there, so, wow. I know it's a friendly, but last time they played against each other, this year, they beat England 2-0. Do it again. (laughs) Do it again. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come on, Matildas. It's going to be incredible. When we come back, uh, we've got some footy to break down. Only two rounds to get over footy left for the year. This is the Sports Desk on Sin. Young folks, Peter Bajorn and John on the sports desk on your Monday evening and uh, still just trying to process this weekend because it's just been, uh, it's up there with one of my biggest sporting weekends and maybe sporting nights considering I had to go to the footy and intake that crazy game as well. And in the process of reviewing that weekend, I would like to offer an on-air apology for my comments earlier today. That was atrocious and woeful and a howler. <laughs> no, you're right. you're right. That was a howler. That's making okay. every botch montage we ever make for the rest of the All year. All right, time to dissect the round of footy. And we'll start off with Friday night. And, um, wow, what a crazy round 22 it was with two rounds remaining. Collingwood and Geelong kicked us off on Friday night and an eight-point victory for the, for the Pies, 16-13, 109-15-11, 101. Um, just too much for the Cats. Uh, I think Pies kind of needed to get themselves back on track after a couple of horror weekends for them. But, um, yes. You got the score line wrong, Sam. It's actually 20 points because two of those goals shouldn't have counted. Mm. Uh, you want <laughs> to get right, into that? Or? Let's get into it now. Come on. Well, I mean, Victoria Police actually just put up a meme. <laughs> they say <laughs> no, our them. lines are not subjective. Our bedroom lines are not subjective. The lines on the road. So um, it was funny, the, uh, the handball. To someone that was in the field for <laughs> that's a, goal. a poor missed call, Sam. You got to admit it was, and that they came out and said that it was wrong. But uh, unfortunately for the Pies fans, um, 
it still went the way it did. Yeah. Uh, so they own, they got done by eight points. Jeremy Cameron, a losing game, seven goals, four. Um, massive. Brody Mychek, five goals. Oliver Henry, um, four goals for him. Jalia, uh, Jamie Elliott, two goals, two. Josh, uh, sorry. Yeah, Josh. Josh Dacos, Josh Dacos, his other brother, is injured. 38 disposals for him. Atkins, 34. Maynard, 26. Daniel Field, 26. Are Geelong going to miss out of finals? That's the real question here. Yep, they're done. Full stop. Oh, <laughs> done. Here we go. Um, well, they got the Bulldogs at home, and then they've got the Saints. So we'll get into that Friday night. Um, that means I'll, they're making finals, Jerry. No, yeah. but the Bulldogs and killed are two top eight teams. It's not like Geelong are just going to steamroll them. They're going to be close games. They so. did lose to Fremantle. So. They did, yeah. Liam, how do you, th- how do you think Collingwood, they corrected themselves oh, after okay. the two w- two um, weekends? The pressure was fantastic. The catch just couldn't handle that, especially in the thir- third quarter. They were amazing. Spoke about Brody Meyer checked on Friday night. He stepped up with five goals. He was fantastic. But Jerry McCammon, what a star. Almost dragged the cats alive. Um, and Dangerfield pulled yeah. his weight too. He was fantastic. Mm. But um, Pie's too strong. Yeah, they're back in their premiers in waiting mode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, there we go. There's the chicken. Um, yeah, so the Pies roll on uh, after an interesting couple of weeks, and it's going to be hard for Geelong to see if they can get a spot. Um, but we move on to Saturday, um, and we'll start off with, and I'm sorry, Jerry, North Melbourne, Essendon. Um, another thrilling one, but it was a nine-point victors for Essendon. They're still just hanging on in this kind of window of potentiality for them to make finals. It's bizarre. Uh, 12 5 uh, to the Bombers, 13-8-86. Um, go through some of the goals here. Nick Larkey, five goals, one. Cole Langford, three goals, one. Uh, Martin, three for him. And Peter Wright, two goals, one. Disposals, Parrish leading as a major ball winner, 33. Uh, Harry Sheasel, 32. Uh, Martin as well, 32, and Hobbs, 29, LDU, 28. Jerry? Oh, the reason I'm still coughing today is because of the amount of yelling I was doing on Saturday with that game. <laughs> North, we could have won that game. We were leading at halftime first quarter. We're down by five, and then we let Essendon kick the first three of the last quarter. This loser mentality, I'm, I just hate, like... We should have won and could have won, but, you know, fumbled again. But I just want to acknowledge um, Jack Zebul and Ben Cunnington. So both have played their last games in front of a home crowd. So yep. Zebul had 27 touches um, that day. Cunnington kicked two goals. One was incredible in that first quarter, even the second one. Just off the clearance, beautiful. Vintage Cunnington, 24 touches, had 10 clearances. Yeah, it's very sad to see him go because those two were, you know, heroes of me growing up. And, yeah, it's just sad to see we couldn't deliver, you know. Those games, you need to step up. Like you're farewelling your, you know, teammates who've played two hundred plus games, and then you're losing. So, yeah, yeah. deserves an applause. Oh, um, and what a moment too uh, was when Ben Cunnington, Ben Cunnington kicked the goal, and then I, I reckon even Bombers fans were up clapping for him. There, everyone was up clapping. Yeah, yeah. What an inspiring person he is. Yep. Uh, so we move on to um, Sydney Swans v the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, 24-point wins for the Swans, 18-6, to 13-12-90. Another team that's still hanging on, the Swannies. Uh, Five in a row for them now. Uh, Will Hayward uh, scoring the most goals on the game with four. Uh, Roses, three goals, one behind him. McDonald, three for him. 
Levi Casbolt, two goals, two. Lukosius, two goals, one. Disposals, uh, it was uh, Wern, uh, sorry, Warner with 28. Matt Rowe with 25. Tom Papley, 24. Uh, Nick Blakey, 24 as well. Uh, Liam, the Swans, yeah. really surprised us here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they were too strong on Saturday, um, but they just have bigger fish to fry. They play the Adelaide Crows on Saturday night at Adelaide, which will be huge for be both massive. teams. Yep. Crows still in a chance if they can win both. They play West Coast. So, and it was really interesting to see Gold Coast drop the tag of Errol Goulden. So, two Camilla in the first half. Only uh, limited Errol Goulden to just three kicks. And for some reason, they let him go. And too strong. Had a great quarter uh, in the third. And, yeah, disappointing for Gold Coast again. Another honourable loss. How many more? Ah, well. <laughs> Sydney back in the hunt. Uh, they're doing not to the same extent as Carlton, but they're having a late run and they're looking threatening. Good. Jerry? Yeah, I think Sydney, if they can be Adelaide... They could slip in. Mm, it's going to be a tough one this weekend. Uh, Brisbane played Adelaide um, on that Saturday as well. Uh, 15-9-99 to 13-15-93 was the Lions by six points over the Crows. Uh, another tight game. Um, but the uh, Lions at the Gabba just just too good hanging on in there and uh, really fighting for that uh, second spot on the ladder. The Lions, four goals one for McAdam. Charlie Cameron, three goals, two. Tex Walker, two goals, three. Uh, mate, the other major wall winners, R- Rory Laird, 34. Matt Crouch, 33. Humor Cluggage, 28. That's got to be another honourable one for the Adelaide, though. But uh, they're fighting and fighting, but just not enough for the four points getting. Yep. Um, I can't say. <laughs> well, a lot of yeah, people probably yeah. didn't see that game. Because <laughs> that, that was, was exactly right in the middle the, of the Matildas. It was right yes. in, <laughs> during the game. Uh, but it was funny. I saw a few photos um, around Dane Zorko still in his full kit watching watching the, the shootout after the game, which was pretty funny to see. Um, yeah, Crows, Crows still a lively chance after just coming good in the last couple of weeks as well. It's it's This race is crazy. I, I don't think we've seen a, a year like this uh, in in my lifetime of footy watching. It's very insane, this From top eight race. From 5th through to 13th, we've never seen anything like no. this because it was a different story a year ago where it was the battle for top four, yep. for instance. And but, it's uh, all, yeah, it's all on Saturday night. Adelaide, Sydney, and then you've got Geelong and St Kilda. So massive oh, Saturday that's night. That's crazy. Uh, Saturday night was Carlton v Melbourne, and it was the Blue Boys who roll on with eight in a row by four points, nine six sixty to eight eight fifty six. Um and, wow, what a thrilling game. What a thrilling game. Um, one of the most insane games of footy I've seen. Um, and as, as I mentioned, just getting my heart rate back on, back to normal. You watch <laughs> a the Matildas, game, I great. watch a game like that. And it was 365 days or something since, uh, no, yeah, it was since one day off kick. exactly in, since the Cozzy Pickett game uh, where that kicked last year. So, crazy <laughs> Scenes at the G. Wow. Two takeaways from me, gentlemen, and that is the first things first. When the Matildas got the winning penalty, all right, we, I in the house click back to the game and I read 19 minutes, 49 or 30 seconds remaining in the ga- in the quarter. Scoreline was one straight six to one three nine. I'm like, oh, my God, the AFL delayed the game even further no. to catch it. <laughs> no, that was the second quarter. 
What happened there at the start? Well, to be honest, I, I missed the entire first quarter because I was making my way back. Uh, but I think... What a slow start. It tricked me. I thought the game was being delayed. There was that little scoring going on in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, I, I think it just, it was a tight tussle at the start. Mm. Well, it was um, pretty wet as well, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It was absolutely pouring before the game started. Um, so The second question is, was it touched? It was, oh, it was touched, I reckon. It wasn't. I mean, not for me. From what well, we've seen. Well, the AFL haven't come out today and said that they've made a mistake like they have with a few other I don't decisions think the this arc round. made the mistake. You can't turn that work. over from umpire's call. The, the, yeah, the, the system is a bit strange how you, they have to do a soft call and then that is checked basely on that. The goal isn't reviewed otherwise, which I think... Why don't it's it's a it's a tough one. They were showing a camera from the far goalpost. Mm. I'm not sure why there's not a camera on the other goalpost. Well, well because it's way closer and you don't get the range, so you don't get that the preciseness of the angle because it's of the it's more of the got to do with the width. Yeah. However, well, I don't think it came from the hand if it was touched. Yeah. I think it came from the boot. Exactly. It was a forearm, wasn't it? Uh, I saw a screenshot of the forearm touching the ball. Okay. Uh, Caleb Marchbank has come out and said it was his fingers. Uh, he so paused I don't for know. a bit, to be fair. Well, you pause anytime <laughs> someone asks you a question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I, I maintain well, it I? was touched. <laughs> I maintain looking at that thing, I think it was more touched. But uh, I, I thought boot. But if, if he's come out and said forearm or fingers, well, then there you go. Yeah, it's time one of those decisions went our way. <laughs> if the soft <laughs> call was goal, do you think that would have been overturned or do you think he'd stick with goal? Well, that's yeah. that's the other that's the other thing because I don't think there was evidence either way to overturn yeah. it the other way. So yeah, whatever the umpire said, it would have been paid. Correct. Well, didn't matter. I think the Blues uh, came out uh, and were massive all around the ball. Um, just to to play with some of the guys who were playing VFL for most of the year last year, coming in and filling filling a decent amount of spots, uh, and to play like they are. And we still have players to come back. Um, eight in a row. I can't believe it. Jack I really Martin, can't believe he's it. He's been huge. Really impressed me. And, you know, no one's really questioned his talent or skill. It's just whether his body can hold up. And at the moment, thankfully for him, it has. And he's been fantastic. Motlop and Owies, also yep. big credit to them. And big credit to – I want to give my personal credit to the Carlton supporters. I've never heard Carlton supporters this loud. Ever. Well, we have one on air right now. <laughs> we have one on air right now, but I was genuinely... I was on the fence, and it was crazy. I got some TV time, as I've heard from my <laughs> yes. family. Uh, but uh, I was on the fence, and that crazy last two minutes play kept coming because I was right on the fence above that 50 line where it kept coming to that little bit of play, and the final siren went right in front of me where they had the ball, and the players ran up. Oh, it was, it was such a great feeling. Um, and it, it, to be honest, it was one of those ones where I didn't know because a lot of times now it's easy to know when the game finishes mm. uh, with how long you left. But generally, I didn't know, and it was just one of those ones. I heard the siren, I leapt into the air, um, and yeah, it was great. Ain't a row. This never happened in my lifetime. This never happened in my lifetime. So I don't know what's next now. The finals, and I don't want to jinx it, but. Uh, You'd have to say that we're, it's it's locked away now. I'll say it. You're going to go deep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, and I was looking. I was ironically looking. Liam's going um, for the chicken as well. I reckon my they can, if this is the form, they can go deep. I was looking at my preseason ladder, the ladder I put together before round one this year. And uh, mine as well. most of the eight was wrong. 
but I had Carlton fifth. I think I might have had him fifth or sixth from memory for myself I can't remember as well. well. We have to <laughs> revisit that later. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. will get through yeah. that. Uh, goals and behinds from the game, though. Petrarca, two goals, two. Owies, two goals, one. Charlie Kerno, two goals. That pass. <laughs> did you see that pass? He he did a drop punt that was curved. That <laughs> still I think it's went ball drop that helps as well. You can oh, slam it 60 metres and still get it quick as well. Yeah, impressive. Major ball winners, Nick Newman, another standout game, 33. Georgie Hewitt, 33. Yeah. Okay. Just well, quickly with Can you, you say it out loud? Yeah. I can't say Yeah, don't worry. I, I got sixth for Carlton in my okay. uh, top Interesting. Eight, All right. Year. Moving uh, on from the Blues. Fremantle won by 101 points. Now, moving on to Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really sad for um, the West Coast. I would have thought they'd given them a crack. But, uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Schultz, five goals, three. Four goals, three for a miss. Sturt, four goals. Uh, Oscar Allen got subbed out. But he still got a goal. A goal. One goal, two. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, it's hard. They're breaking records for game losses over 50 points, I think, mm. um, which is not great. 101-point victors, the Dockers. I don't think, yeah, there's much more we can say apart nah. from Andrew Brayshaw, 33, Sarong, 30, Jay Clark, 28. Uh, so, yeah, no, the um, the def- Derby was definitely forgotten about, um, but something for the Fremantle fans to enjoy. But Sunday, Sunday is where even more interesting this things happen. This is amazing happened. what happened and in we Tassie. Mentioned, we mentioned this would be a danger game. It's it's in Bulldogs' recent history where they'd come out and win a really game that they needed, but then just would do a shocker thing. And that was Hawthorne by three points. 9-13, as 67, the Hawks, to 9-10-64. Um, Really disappointing for the dogs. They are a chance to miss out on finals if they're not careful. Rory Lobb, two goals, two. Eugel Hagen, two goals, one. Um, Kaziski for Hawks, one. Jai Newcomb, 40. Massive from him. Uh, Aim on 32. Liam, the dogs. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on at the kennel. They've only won four out of their last 11 games. But I want to talk about, you know, Hawthorne. How good have they been? They've beaten... Bulldogs and Collingwood, and they've also beaten Saints and Lions. So they really take it up to the top eight teams in the competition. Jai Nukem, one goal, 40 disposals. What a superstar he is, and what a pickup he was from the 2021 mid-season rookie draft. So he's basically the perfect modern-day midfielder in my eyes. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Hodgie winning that contested yeah. footy. So, um, yeah, and just on that... Hawthorne's um, first six players um, had all the possessions. So Amon with 32 and a goal. Nash with 26. Warpole with a goal and 25. Day, 24 and more with 24 as well. It just shows they were dominating the clearances, the stoppage um, possessions and everything. So, yeah, you didn't see much of a bond that game, did you? And Tim English, in the last minute of the game, was taking a kick out. This and, needs dissecting because he uh, takes three bounces, <laughs> kicks it to a man who had two on one, and then he passes off to another teammate who's walking directly into two Hawks and then gets pinged for holding the did ball. Did it end up in a goal to Hawthorne? Or? No, it didn't, but it did. Stoppage. Just oh. stop them over. But it was a three-point margin at the time, and you think games on the line, what? what? Why, Why would your ruckman be taking a yeah, kick yeah. out? And it was yeah. a strange running pattern that he did too. I, I would have thought you would have gone straight through the middle. He looked indecisive. Ground, well, he's a ruckman. <laughs> very strange. Very strange. It was a very frustrating final quarter. And as much as we can sing the praises of Lob kicking 2-2, two, two, two behinds in the final quarter. He was poor, just like the whole season. So. Oh. 
I mean, he yeah, has. So, all right. Moving on to the Saints and Richmond. Uh, Marvel Stadium on Sunday was the uh, the Saints by thirty six points, fourteen nine ninety three to eight nine fifty seven. Keeps the Saints alive, Liam. Yeah, it was a great win from the Saints. Um, you know, I was unsure where how they'd go against the Tigers, but Rowan Marshall, he was best on ground in my eyes. He was fantastic. Zane Cordy, he looked like. Stephen Silvani down back. <laughs> he was unbelievable. <laughs> and okay, I deserve that. And then Michito Owens, he's a superstar, only 20 years of age. He's really um, up and coming. And then the Tigers, they were just very sloppy, allowed too many uncontested marks through their back half. The Saints back half, they allowed 120 uncontested marks. And Hill and Malera and Sinclair had their own ball at times. So. It's um, it's a really disappointing season if you look at it um, for the Tigers. Their woes at Marvel continue. They haven't won a game there in the last eight attempts. So, mm. boys. Interesting. Oh, good. Yeah, I think the Tigers are done, definitely. Um, St Kilda, I think they need one more win from those two games to secure that finals berth. So, they're looking strong now. Yep. It's going to be a tough final two games, Geelong and Brisbane. It's not easy. Not easy. Be Geelong, I reckon. Yes, we do. Yep. Uh, the final game of the round was the Port Adelaide uh, Power defeating the GWS Giants by 51 points. Um, wow. 21 a- goals, 10, 136 to 13, 7, 85. And uh, the Power needed it. After a struggling few weeks from them um, and then – an incoming orange tsunami, that wasn't so. It wasn't so. It's not like they played necessarily a bad game of footy. It's just that Port played with a bigger sense of urgency because they desperately needed to get their season back on track and they just, they tsunamied the orange tsunami pretty much. Riccardi, four goals for GWS's effort. Uh, Jason Horn, Francis, three goals, one with 27 disposals. Massive effort from him. Willie Rioli, three goals, one. Bergman, three goals. Marshall, three goals, um, and disposals wise, Zach Butters, 34. Uh, Tom Green, 31. Uh, Dan Houston, 30. Ollie Wines, 29. Can't deny, as a viewer watching this game as a neutral, just I was really looking forward to this game, but to see it with a margin like that, it was slightly disappointing to see it become such a blow. But I would still, I, I still maintain it wasn't a bad game by the Giants, Jerry. It was just, uh, uh, yeah, just not that great to contend against a powerhouse side in their home fortress, the Coliseum. Well, I think, yeah, the Port midfield just played a lot better. Like, um, Quick question here. Do you think Zach Butters is a cheeky Brownlow contender? Or I'd say so. He's He'd done enough. He started very well. Started very well and was a key player across a significant win streak for the Port Power. So he would have easily gotten notice. So that's probably a fair shout. And shout out to Port Adelaide. How good's the tri bolt jumper? Oh, uh, I forgot about amazing. that. Look it's good. awesome. And then there's there's a photo that the AFL put up of them walking out yeah. with like big lights, and it just looked epic. They do that really well over there. In terms of the aesthetic, it looked perfect on a Lear Lear. That looked like a brute force. It was great. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that was the final game, Jerry. If you can give us some injury updates, yeah, for sure. Um, we're starting off with a Collingwood Geelong game. So um, Darcy Moore with a hammy, he'll be out till week one of the finals. So good for Collingwood. But also in the last few weeks will be tough. Um, Noble has got an ankle. Rowan and Stanley will miss a few weeks with an adductor and hip injury. Gunston's career might be done with an MCL. Um, Sam Doherty may miss 
a few weeks with a calf injury. Oh, no. Um, Chad Wingard will be out for 12 months with a ruptured yeah. Achilles. Um, Libertore will miss a few weeks with a concussion. And Oscar Allen is a maybe a few weeks injury for shoulder, so he'll be probably likely rested for the rest of the season. We'll see how we go. Yep, and I just want to get to the final. We'll look at those teams again that are fighting um, the last couple of games. So Saints, as we mentioned, will play Geelong and Brisbane in their last two rounds. GWS will play Essendon and Carlton in their last two. Carlton will play Gold Coast and Giants in their last two. Western Bulldogs have uh, the Eagles and the Cats in their last two. Geelong have Saints and the Dogs. Uh, Ad- Sydney have Adelaide and Melbourne. Um, Adelaide have Sydney and West Coast. The Bombers have Giants and Collingwood. Um, so, yeah, interesting for those couple teams. And they will go through the final eight now. Uh, the Collingwood on top. Brisbane in second, uh, head, ahead of Port Adelaide on percentage. Uh, fourth spot is Melbourne, 56. Fifth spot is Carlton. I can't believe it. <laughs> Secure sixth spot. Uh, the Sydney Swans move up to seventh. The Dogs just hanging in on the eighth on 44 points. Below them, Essendon and GWS on the same points. And Geelong on 42. And Adelaide in 12th spot. Uh, below them, Richmond, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Go- Gold Coast Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and the West Coast Eagles. So. So the jobs for those sides now is to go into those final two days and be a little bit of a pest and uh, ruin a few finals campaigns for some of the teams up ahead. Well, that was round 22. I can't believe we've gone got two rounds left. It has absolutely flown by this season uh, and can't wait to preview a big round 23 on Friday. When we come back, uh, some Premier League to talk about and we'll end with the Minute Mondays quiz. That's all up next on Sin on the Sports Desk on your Monday evening. The Lars, there she goes on the Sports Desk on your Monday evening. Um, and it's time now to talk some Premier League. Well, as if there wasn't enough sport going on, the Premier League had their first round back, and we'll go through some of the results. Started off with Man City defeating Burnley 3 0. Arsenal with a win over Nottingham Forest 2-1. Crystal Palace defeated Sheffield United 1-0. Bournemouth and West Ham drew 1-1. Brighton defeated Luton Town in their first outing 4-1. Fulham defeated Everton 1-0. Newcastle smashed Aston Villa 5-1. Brentford drew with Tottenham 2-2 in uh, Andrews Posikoglu's first game. Chelsea last night defeated, uh, sorry, drew 1-1 with Liverpool. Um, and still to play tomorrow at 5am, Man United and Wolves. So that's the first round of the Premier League. How did you see some of the games, guys? Uh, well, the Chelsea and Liverpool game was really close. It was good to see um, a few new signings for Chelsea. Um, obviously, that Brighton um, player, 115 mil is a lot of money, but he played yeah. all right. Um, and Liverpool scored quite early, but then after that, it was quite a good display from Chelsea. So Yeah, yeah. exciting to see. Uh, can't wait to get into that over the next couple of weeks, but it's time now to end with a quiz. And now the sports capital becomes the quiz capital. It's the sports desk. Minute Mondays. 
Mark my words, there will be a World Cup quiz coming in the next few weeks. But, however, if we're going to get points on the board and we want to see points on the board, we have to stick <laughs> with the subject that these three know, and that is the AFL. So it's going to be one more <laughs> AFL quiz, but it's not general knowledge right. this time. It is coaches trivia. So what I'm going to do is that we are going to be talking about every incumbent coach in the AFL in 2023, and if they are a coach that had coached in 2023, they are also eligible. So therefore, Damien Hardwick and Stuart Dew could be a possible acceptable answer. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and these these three are going to buzz in with their names, and they're going to provide me with the answer. Let's see how many points they can get. Test your buzzers, please. Sam. Liam. Jerry. Okay. AFL coaches trivia begins now. Out of the current AFL coaches, who is the oldest? Liam. Liam. Chris Fagan. Correct. Adam Kingsley was appointed GWS Jerry. Uh, for Liam Cameron. Correct. How many how many coaches are coaching the club that they previously played for? Sam. Sam. Uh, oh, I'm just going to take a stab here and say four. Four is correct. How many players from Brisbane's three premierships are current AFL coaches? Liam. Liam. Scott Brothers. You've got to save a number. That, four. Oh, four. A combined oh. total premierships coached by Chris Scott, Alistair Clarkson, Damien Hardwick, and John Longmire equal to what? Sam. Jerry. Sam. Five. Ten. Oh. True or false, John Longmire was appointed Sydney coach through a succession plan. Jerry. Jerry. Oh, true. True. How many? How long was Ross Lyon's tenure at Fremantle? Jerry. Jerry. Six seasons. Eight years. Oh. Chris Scott coached Geelong to a premiership in his first year. What was the Cats' win-loss record, Sam? Uh... 11. 19 3. 11. Two current AFL, I'll finish this question. Two current AFL coaches are also Premiership captains. Name one. Jerry. Jerry. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, oh. You guys nearly get suspended for this. <laughs> yeah, no, Come no. on, Jerry. <laughs> Negative one. You're out Negative of time. Good. You're out of time. Michael Voss and Sam Mitchell oh, were the acceptable man. answers. However, Jerry, 2 1 1, victory to you. <laughs> I'm unbidden. Oh, well. Undefeated. Right. And if you're interested, Sam, in the first quiz, you were saying, let's keep a ladder of all of our cumulative yep. scores. Yes. So, Sam, across three quizzes, you've scored three points overall. Liam's only been in for two quizzes, but he's been able to score two points, which yep. is good for you. Uh, Jerry, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Eight points. He is miles ahead of you guys. <laughs> calling, That's what the unfortunately uh, point is. Calling your name out once, haven't you? You haven't even read the question out. Yeah, yeah but I've got yes, the Liam Cameron one right. Uh, oh, what do you uh, mean, bro? Well, We've got to end. <laughs> We've got to end. How many coaches are coaching by the clubs they previously played for? It was Longmire, Sam Mitchell, Alistair Clarkson, and Luke Beveridge were the answers. And how okay. many players from Brisbane's three premierships? Michael Voss, Craig McRae, and the Scots. Well, that about does us on this crazy Monday edition of the Sports Desk. We'll be back live on Friday at 5pm. Catch the podcasts. Stay up to date on our social media, Sports Desk Sin. Come on, Matildas. It's going to be a massive night on Wednesday. Um, Can't wait to dissect it on Friday. We're all behind you. Go the Tillies. This has been the Sports Desk on Sin. Reviews and previews this AFL season. Listen to the Sports Desk live Fridays and Mondays 5 p.m. on SIN 90.7 FM and on syn.org.au.